AJ Jones, how the heck are you? I'm okay. We're how are episode you? Episode two forty two. Right. Um, weekly catch up. Last week we were in North Carolina. Had a beautiful time. We did. Yep, visiting family, which was great. My sister and her husband and their two kids live in North Carolina. Yeah. We took advantage of the fact that we're still working from home. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. And just asked our boss. Yeah. The can right we, Reverend Jeff Dollar. Can we work from home in Charlotte? And he was like, sure. So we drove over. My sister, God bless her, has put a pool in her backyard. So largely, my office was... Now, I'm not sure sh- that Karis actually put the pool in herself. I'm pretty sure they purchased the, sure. you know, <laughs> you made it sound like she was out there with a shovel making a pool in her backyard. I'm pretty sure from context, the okay. audience didn't yes. assume that. But yeah, so okay. they, they, yes, they put it in a pool. 101. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I would, for various reasons, time change, I don't know, I would be awake early. I was awake at 6 a.m. every morning. And so yeah. I would get up, I'd go downstairs, fix myself some breakfast. Then I would work outside on their back patio, which was in the shade from about, or, well, most know, of the day it's 7 a.m. Yeah, but it got too hot for me. But by midday, I would come in. Yeah, that's when I wanted to go out because it was just getting out. warm enough for me. Yeah. So thank you to my sister and her husband for great accommodation looking after us. Yeah. We also, and it was so great the kids getting to just swim and have fun while we're working as, as opposed to they're in the house trying to take care of like coming up with ideas. I to, think your kids have adopted your fish like nature and that they just want to be in the pool all the time. Well, yes, they would come by it, honestly. My sister also has three fairly big dogs. Yeah. I mean, one a chocolate they're lab. They're not fairly big. They're big. Well, the lab's not that big. The lab's a normal size. But then they have a German shepherd that's the size of a Shetland a, pony. A long, <laughs> a long-haired German shepherd. And then they have another dog that's a cross between a St. Bernard and a... Uh, Rottweiler? Uh, no. What's a dog like a Rottweiler? Pitbull. Uh, no. It's a Rottweiler. Is it? Anyway, yeah. just a, it's the, bi- all it's three a of them Burmese something, isn't it? It's a Burmese. Anyway, we should have paid more attention. They shed a lot, they and they're very shed hairy, a lot, but they're gorgeous. It, and yes. we were trying to prime our kids, like, "Hey, listen, dogs will feed off the energy you give out." And by the end of the week, my kids were just oh, they didn't want to leave the, the dogs. Dog. Yeah. No? So yeah. North Carolina was beautiful. Great food. Ate some great Italian gnocchi. food. Is that yeah. how you pronounce it? Yeah. Ganache. They they uh, they restaurant. live like less than a mile from a really good Italian restaurant. So we had great food. I had a mango cheesecake that was maybe one of the best cheesecakes I've ever had in my life. I had a weird lemon dessert, which I still don't know what was in it, but it was so great. We have a birthday party coming up in a couple of days. Our 11-year-old turns 12. She does. You know what that means? Um, We have a 12-year-old? Well, yes. Good. Okay. It also means she gets an iPhone. <laughs> yes. Curiously, though, she didn't care. She didn't want one. I, well, I'm sort of in great debate about whether she didn't want one or not because she's wanted one for the last two years. I think she, she's never brought it up to me. We were just adamant you either get an Apple Watch or you get an iPhone. Yeah. We need some way to be able to get a hold of you while you're now switching to a school that's much further from our yeah, house. Her, her bus drive on the school bus is like 45 minutes. In a remote place. I was like, I want to be able to track and check that you're okay. Yeah. But also, you're going to be bored for 45 minutes. Yeah. So, did it arrive? 
It has arrived, yeah. <gasps> uh, I need to set it up. I took her to the Apple Store. We went out on a little daddy-daughter date to like one of my happy places. Went to the Apple Store <laughs> for her to try all the phones Your out. sanctuary. <laughs> and I was just, like, she just walked straight in and just walked to the most expensive phone. I was like... She is your child. She is my child. Who can blame her? And then I was trying to steer her ever so gently towards cheaper options. And she was quite pragmatic. She realized, oh, I like this one. I was like, what do you like about it? She's like, the color. I was like, you realize you're going to put a case on it and you'll never know what color it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I like this one too. So she Good, went back and forth. because it's half the price. <laughs> she went back and forth and she was very tactile, holding them in her hand. But yeah, yeah I don't like that edge. Uh, you know, I like that one. And so, yeah, that's a 12-year-old. Good night. I remember when she was born. Do you remember when she was born? You know, I do. Yeah. I remember uh, it very well, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She, she came out weird, <laughs> didn't she? <laughs> what do you mean weird? She came out fast. <laughs> she, she went like an unripe banana. She was yellow, wasn't she? No, she, well, yes, because she had jaundice, but she turned yellower because she came out with this big bruise that sort of turned her jaundice. She looked like she'd been in a bar fight. Do you remember? Because people would be like, what happened to her eye? And I was like, you should see the other baby. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just remember we had to put her in the daylight a yeah, lot. Yeah, a lot. In yeah. sunlight, rather. Yeah. Not daylight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a vampire, we tried to acclimate her to normal living. But I just remember. Yeah, I remember all those babies are coated in fur when they come out. <laughs> fur? Okay. No, not- <laughs> they do. They have this kind of little... <laughs> It's like fuzz, like peach fuzz. Yeah, but it's kind it's of like fur. <laughs> That's how I remember it. Listen, if she listens to this podcast when she's like twenty and dad said I came out covered in fur. Well, you said she came out with a black eye. <laughs> she like did. a ripened banana. And a full head of hair. Like yeah. full head of dark hair. She was the cutest little thing. But do you remember her head was like enormous and her body was little? <laughs> so her, her head was in the 90-something percentile, and her body was in the first percentile. And so I'm looking at her, I'm thinking, gosh, this seems not good, because... I hope she grows really, into you know, that head of hers. she grows into her head, which she has, so... Sorry, sweetheart, if you ever happen to listen to this episode. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was like Sputnik. I am... Like orange on a toothpick. I'm very, I'm very excited. I, I made a purchase... That I think is a theoretical joy giver. Oh, do I, bu- I know about this purchase? I think so. I bought a pressure washer. Oh, yeah. Oh, I texted yeah, you yeah. about okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I was like, what is our theoretical joy giver? <laughs> oh, it's like there's, there's some satisfaction in in pressure. I've only ever pressure washered something once, and that was the deck. Okay. Do you remember that? No. We borrowed Holly's oh, and that's it broke right. immediately. That's right. Well, did it break? Don't say that on the podcast. I think they listen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I couldn't get it working. Okay. <laughs> how, but I remember we did get it working because we yeah. ended up using it. Yeah, I think we just had to ask her how there to was something it. that, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Amazon, I'm such a... Sucker? Well, hey, Sucker. I bought you something in the same way today and you don't even know about. Really? Yes. You bought me a gift? <laughs> Well, is it a theoretical joy gift no, or whatever you it's just the said? Most, it's the most practical gift ever. So Amazon <laughs> has something called the treasure truck. And every day about 10 a.m., 
They text you, it's a limited time deal, it just happened that day. And it used to literally be a treasure tr- a treasure truck that would show up in Nashville at various spots. And you would say, yeah, I want to buy it. And then you'd book your time of where it's going to be. And it would just drive around Nashville and park. And it used to park in Whole Foods near our house. And we'd drive over and you'd just pick it up. And they're usually deeply discounted. With COVID at the moment, they're not obviously doing a physical location. But they're still doing the treasure truck, which is a one-day sale on a specific thing. And you got a day to buy it, and then they deliver it to you. So right. yesterday it was a pressure washer. A pressure washer, which I don't know if it was a good one. So I went to the Sweet Home or Wire Cutter. Yeah, and it was. It was a good one, and it was it was deeply discounted. And so I I said to you, Hey, can we buy this? And you were like, Why do you want a pressure washer? And I was like, Well, we have a deck we need to maintain. We pay somebody to do our driveway and our. And yeah. it might be that I get bored with this within about half an hour. I imagine you will. <sighs> But I've got, I quite we'll like see, the you know, lines Maybe I can made. do a little bit of filming of you pressure washing and we'll see how far you get. There is satisfaction. Well, in- that's what I, remember, I remember it being very difficult because it wasn't as fun as I thought it would and I got really wet. I was also started in flip-flops and I learned really quickly, do not pressure wash <laughs> in flip-flops or your toes will be goners. Right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, so I bought it. It just arrived just now. Oh. But today, do you know what today's treasure truck option was no is this what i'm going to be excited about yep. well, uh, okay i'm, I'm ready. looking out for you yeah you know that oat milk you like yes well they were selling a six pack of it for a deep discount so i thought you use it all the time i bought you a six pack of oat milk don't ever say i'm not good to you <laughs> thanks darling you're welcome can i tell you what's in my um thrive market pack that just came like yeah. right before the podcast we should be sponsored by all these people but go on a six pack of oat milk <laughs> so well now I you have a 12 pack for like you know i want to know how much you paid and then we'll compare how much i paid and i bet my producer i, won I paid about 25 dollars. oh i paid way less than that good either 11 or 17 dollars i can't awesome. remember which one see you've done well i'm looking down my- oh you know what else came out this week mm. uh apple had their worldwide developers conference uh, it's not too much stuff that's interesting do you know how I know there wasn't too much stuff that was interesting? Because normally when there is a worldwide Apple developers conference, yes, I come home and I must listen to all the newest things that I need to know about. My retelling of yes, it? Yes, your retelling of it, usually in real time. And then I am subjected to watching the clips of the things that you feel that I really must watch mm-hmm. in order to understand fully how wonderful this thing was. And you didn't do any of that. And do you know me. what else I haven't done? What? I haven't installed any of the beta software on any of my devices. <gasps> I can't tell if that's laziness Jones. or maturity. Well, let's go for maturity. Yeah. What did I make you do last night, though? Because that was the other thing they announced this week. I was thinking, like, have a bath. Oh, listen to the music. Yes. So, Apple have released two new things. If you're an Apple Music subscriber, which we are, They've released two things, one which is meh, and the other which I thought would be meh, but it's actually quite cool. The first one is uh, lossless music, which, to be honest, 99% of people can't tell the difference between lossless and compressed music anyway, so that doesn't make that much difference. Uh, It's all Yiddish. All right, go ahead. The other one is spatial audio, which they don't really release for movies. So you're probably familiar, you go to a movie theater and there's surround sound. Well, they managed to put that into their tiny little headphones that if you were watching a movie on your iPhone or your iPad, it would do virtualized surround sound, which I thought would be meh, but is actually surprisingly yeah, great. Yeah, it's really cool, yeah. But I don't tend to watch movies on my cell phone or my iPad because I have giant TVs in my house. Well, they took that same technology and they 
rebundled it into their music, which makes a lot of sense. But I think a lot of people were skeptical about how good it would sound. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that last night we in our living room we actually have a Dolby Atmos surround sound, which is not just uh, front, left, and right, and rear, but also height. You know, so it's sound everywhere. And they've remastered some tracks. And so I thought, oh, I'll just try it. I'm used to listening to it in my headphones. But by golly, it was quite impressive. It was lovely, it? wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm just now waiting for some of my favorite worship people to re-release tracks or release future tracks encoded in Dolby Atmos. If you have no idea what I'm talking about and you own AirPods um, and you're an Apple Music subscriber, try it out. Pick one of your favorite songs. Make sure it's encoded in Dolby Audio. And away you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nerds delight. There you go. Our topic for this week came out of a question that we got asked a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember the question we had from one of our listeners all about revival? Yes. And I was thinking about I what what I was thinking about and how we ended up in this topic is how revival can't save you. Yes. And how revival won't save you. Only Jesus can save you. And I was thinking about that maybe one of the curious things was when I moved to Toronto and you introduced me to friends or family or family friends or, you know, and I would say, oh, how do you know them? And you would say, oh, I knew them in the revival. And there would be like a past tense sadness in your voice. And I would ask a little bit about that. And these were people who grew up in revival with you, who encountered the same things as you, but now, you know, 10, 15 years later are no longer walking with the Lord. Yeah, And I remember being so confused because surely, surely if you saw the miracles that you saw, surely if you were in the presence of God, you would dedicate your life to following him. And like, if anything's going to lock you in, yeah, it's going to be revival. Yeah. And I realized that's not the case. No. I mean, when you think about some of those people, we, we literally saw deaf ears open, blind eyes see, AIDS getting healed. Marriage is getting restored. We all saw the same things, heard the same testimonies, mm-hmm. and the miracles weren't enough. The what weren't the enough? Miracles. <laughs> well, I was also thinking that, as weird as that was for me, I realized that biblically it's not unsurprising. Okay. Because if you think about the people of Israel who were rescued out of Egypt yeah. and literally saw signs, wonders, and miracles, and then, you know, a couple of days later, they're like, Build us an idol, you know, build us a golden cow so we can worship it. Like, literally saw the stuff that we're all longing for, and it wasn't enough to keep them. Mm-hmm. And then we've been well, here. But but also, often, it wasn't a couple days later. Sometimes it was a generation later. That it right. was it was the generation that didn't experience it, but just had the hand-me-down But stories. sometimes it was but the very people who had experienced yeah. it, who just walked away. And yeah. you're like, what is going on? Yeah. And then we've been here 12 years. We've run a school for 10 years. It's our 10-year anniversary of SOSL. And I think the other curious thing is, like, SOSL is interesting in that it's an incubator mm-hmm. where you've got hands-on involvement with students for eight months and you watch them flourish. And there's this curious dynamic that's not unique to our school. But I think it's, I think it's consistent with Christian experiences. You, I've now learned that I have an inability to predict who's going to quote-unquote make it, as in who's going to continue walking with the Lord. Yeah. That you give me 100 people, it is folly of me to even think, oh, yeah, they're sold out. They're all going to make it. Yeah. I I can't tell 
who does and who doesn't make it. And so I was thinking about that, I've been praying about that, been considering that for years. It's something that we've processed a lot. And I was thinking about some of the key ingredients that I've witnessed in the lives of people who have got 20, 30, 40 years track record walking with the Lord. And then coincidentally, not coincidentally, what's the, the word? Similarly, the people who have fallen away from the Lord, who are currently no longer walking with the Lord, there's some predictable patterns that you could see emerge in the lives of people who are going to begin to take a hard left. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that and kind of unpack some of that. Okay. So that's largely where we're going. Okay. Uh, also, th- these are like kind of the collection of thoughts that brought us to this topic. A couple of years ago, Chris Vallotton from Bethel was in town and he did a, I don't know, like a Wednesday evening or a Thursday evening with our staff. Remember, mm-hmm. he, was, he wasn't mm-hmm. in town for the weekend, but he was in town. And so we hung out with him. He did a, like a Q&A for our staff and ministered to us for a bit. And he talked about the same thing. He said that, because Bethel School has been running far longer than ours, but he said, what I learned is that those that shine the brightest burn the fastest. So he said, for years, you know, you'd have these superstars who always had the most amazing testimonies and were always seeing amazing miracles and signs and wonders. And what I learned is mm, don't pay too much attention to that because that's actually not an indicator of long-term fruitfulness and right. faithfulness. Yeah. There's got to be more to it than that. It, you're right. It was the people who were just quiet and unassuming and who just kind of lackluster, just did what we asked, just were on time to class, did their assignments, and were just kind of like quiet, but they just long-term produced more fruit over the course of, you know, 15, 20 years than the people who were like, you know, saving the lost and doing signs, wonders, and miracles in year one, but by year two or year three, they had just completely left the Lord. And I was just, the whole thing's fascinating to me. Like, how does it work? Yeah. So I've got some thoughts. I have some thoughts too. Do you want to go first with your thoughts? Um, sure. Well, I don't know what your thoughts are in order, but we're just having fun, aren't we? We're always having fun. Are we're you always having fun, but you probably have a list. Well, I have a list. Well, th- this is all I thought of. Is I thought about some things that, well, here, here's what I thought. I thought the key component for people who've made it with the Lord is they've made their connection with Jesus. Because, by the way, Jesus is the only person who can save you and can continue to save you. Yeah. Like, it's not your effort. It's not your discipline. It's not anyth- It's not the kind of church you go to. It's none of those things. It's it's Jesus and your connection to Jesus. And so I. And it's not even about what he does for you either. Because I think sometimes people get lost in oh that as well. Is Well, we were good. I mean, we had relationship, but I asked for this. Or I, you know, I went through this horrible season, and so now I'm confused. Right. As to, to who he is. So it's no longer about right. relationship. It's about, what you know, do. well, being fair weather friends. But that's not how we view it when we go through it. It, You know, like I, I, I think I sort of, I think one of the things for longevity, and I don't know where this is going to be on your list, is going through difficult seasons, going through things where it looks like I'm getting answers to nothing, not in the space and in the tension of that writing a new theology that God is different from who you knew him to be when you were happy and having a good day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That Jesus is actually the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he's still good and he's still kind and he's still faithful uh, in the midst of whatever circumstances you're in. Um, I think one of the things that I've watched happen for people that fall away is they start to write a new theology or they start to question what they've always known. Have you read all my notes? No. Is this where we're going? No. Just... Been super revelatory. 
when when your heart is hurt, you do it's it's the most natural thing to start writing story. Mm-hmm. And just as much as I can write story about you or anybody else, I can start to write story about God. Um, and I think it's probably a protection mechanism thing, but it it leads us to a place where we start to question faith. And I think that's one of the things that's. Difficult. Point number five on my list. Okay. All right. No, go, you go to abs- point number one. I'm no, sorry. No, don't apologize. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. All I thought about was is our connection to Jesus is paramount. Oh, and so yeah. I thought about things that help strengthen connection, and then I thought about things that weaken connection. And you just nailed number one of the things that weaken connection. So the things I've got for strengthening connection. Yeah. Kind of start in concentric circles. Is that right? Like little circles that begin to go out and out. And sure, out let's call it concentric circles. I'm sure that's what it's called. Is that what it's called? I'm looking you know at what? I don't know. I think okay. that's right. I'm looking let's, at the let's go with that. Yeah. 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 Ah. He has an English accent. He must be well educated. He must know. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how it works. Yeah. Well, so n- let me make it very, very clear that the, your connection with Jesus is the thing that saves you. It's, the, it's not even your connection, it's the finished work of Christ's death and resurrection that saves you. Yes. So it keeps us safe. But staying connected and living out of that truth and that reality, that theology is so vitally important. So what are the things that help you stay, that help connection to Jesus? Number one that I've got, which is your personal responsibility, nobody can do this for you, is your own devotion to Jesus. Yeah. And that was the thing I'm so grateful for that was impressed upon me from an early age, that your devotion, and by devotion, I mean, you've got to feed yourself. The reason that people grow in ministry schools is that someone feeds them for them. Right. We say this all the time. Like when you go to, when you come to our ministry school, we will ensure that you have worship every day that you come. We will ensure you get taught. We will ensure that you are discipled. We will ensure that you are challenged. We will ensure that you are reading your Bible. We will ensure that you are praying to Jesus. Like we create an environment that fosters all of that for you. But the truth is, if we don't learn to do that for ourselves, if we don't learn to feed ourselves, if we don't learn to read the Bible, if we don't learn to pray, if we don't learn to worship, if we don't learn to take communion, and if we don't do that on a regular basis, we will spiritually atrophy. Yes. And that is the mainstay of evangelicism. Like, in the brethren where I grew up, is that was your bread and butter. And when I became a charismatic, I just assumed everybody had that as a foundation. And I'm shocked to find out people don't have that as a foundation. That is not a norm for most non-evangelical churches. Right. But I think that's why evangelicals make such great river people is because they have that firm great foundation. Uh, and then you add in the Holy Spirit to that and there's actually something to house it and, yeah. and maintain character. It's great kindling for the fire. Yeah. But uh, let me be, if you're listening to this, please take this as a wake up call. I don't mean this in condemnation, but if you have not cultivated the fine art of feeding yourself, the reason they're called daily devotionals is it's an outward act of your devotion to Christ. Yeah. Reading the Bible, pray. I was taught it as a child, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. It's a little song, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which I don't want to sing. I but, think I remember your your mother singing it, actually. But again, I <laughs> look like devotion so and, important. And to be honest, that hits on one of my pet peeves. Tell me uh, your pet peeves. Well, this is like sort of sidebar, but sort of not. You know, is this about me being in the bath and no, letting the water out? No, this it's not about that. So you're talking about like feed yourself. One of the things that I remember hearing, and, and not so much recently, uh, but I remember hearing a lot when I was, uh, 
you know, just a, a new Christian is people that would skip churches or go to different churches and they'd say, well, I just didn't feel fed there. I'm not feeling fed here. And I remember like thinking, what, what are you talking about? Like, it is not your pastor's responsibility to feed you on a Sunday morning. And furthermore, you if be... you're only eating once a week, you're malnourished. Right. And don't you, be picky. Right. So be feeding yourself. I don't want to shut on anybody, but be feeding yourself every day. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday morning is a time to come together in fellowship, mm-hmm. right? To actually experience the Lord together and, and have like community and get challenged and whatever but if if you're looking for the only place that you get fed on sunday morning no wonder you don't feel fed Mm -hmm. because you're you're basically fasting you know you're fasting six days a week and then expecting somebody else to do the feeding for you on the seventh pet peeve over pet peeve over all right well that's the central circle of my concentric circle diagram next one the next one out slightly broader is community like pay attention like first of all you need community pay attention to the type of community you have I forget who said this, but some brilliant person quipped this, that basically you become the lowest common denominator of the people you hang out with. Oh, okay. And so pay attention to you who you hang out with. I don't just mean like relational hanging out, like that could be your community, but I've noticed it's so much easier to have a virtual community too. Like pay attention to the community that you're introducing your spirit to. What podcasts are you listening to? What websites are you reading? Who are you following on social media? Even if you don't know them. Like we get emails all the time from people who are like, I feel like I know you because podcasts are inherently relational. Yes. Like we're having a conversation here, even though you're not talking, we're just talking. And you feel like, oh, I get to know these people. In one sense, there's an element of community where you're connecting yourself to your... uh, Pay attention to that level of community that you have. What are you listening to? What are you feeding yourself? Remember, Book of Proverbs says, one man's way seems right till another presents his case. If the only source that you are in regular connection with is a critical one, it's going to weaken your connection to Christ. Yeah. And I think, too, like, I don't know what the technical term is for this, but I think there isn't there a thing where... (laughs) You're going to really have to help me with technical terms here. Okay, here we go. Isn't there a thing where, you know, you're surfing Instagram or whatever, and basically the kind of stuff that you choose to watch produces more of the same kind of stuff? Yeah. So um, you... The algorithm serves up what you engage with most. What you tend to engage with most. So you can end up actually with a really faulty perspective of what's going on. Right. Uh and thinking you you have a great worldview where actually you don't. You have a worldview that's created by an algorithm mm-hmm. uh, that is sending you the same information. And, and what's worse and is if... That's, that's affecting what you're bringing into well, yourself. Also, if you're not devoted to Christ, then your biggest source of influence, and you know what a source of influence to you is how you spend your attention. Mm. Where you spend your attention and is your who frustration. has influence over where you. Where do you spend your frustration? Like, so if you, like, you know, you have two people browsing the same feed. If you're anchored in Christ, you're going to know what's coming up is nonsense. But if you don't, you might be like, well, they make a good point. And so much error gets introduced by us thinking they make a good point. Yeah. If we're not anchored in Christ. All right. Next bigger circle. Yes. So you've got Number devotion. Three. You've got community. Then I want to scale it up to your church community. Okay. The probably number one predictor of spiritual calamity in your life is you making a decision to stop going to church. Yes. And I say that with 10 plus years of experience of watching the downfall of believers. Yeah. 
is for whatever the reason, I'm taking a break, I'm just not getting fed, I just think there's more to the Christian life than church. Whatever the reason, no matter how good it sounds, Mm -hmm. it is the number one predictor of... um, Falling away. Scriptural falling, or yeah, spiritual falling away. And so I'm not talking about just bum and seat. I mean, find a church that you can be involved in, that you can be committed to, that you can be connected with, because that will anchor you. There's like safety in numbers and you finding your tribe, finding the people that you love, the people you want to be with. It's harder to make dumb decisions if there's other people there to call you on the consequences of your dumb decisions. Yeah, yeah. But then that also involves allowing people, other people to speak into your life mm-hmm. and be able to be truthful without having to step on eggshells with you and mm-hmm. things like that too. But. Well, it's that also thing. If you if you belong to something, it's much harder to fall for anything. Yeah. Right. If you've got connection, I I remember being in Bellevue Chapel in Edinburgh, and and on the one hand, like my spirit is experiencing all this like supernatural stuff. And, you know, I, I remember being really hungry to be around believers who knew how to prophesy in dreams and visions and angels and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't have any of that. But what I had was incredible, secure attachments in a healthy community. Every Thursday night, or I think every Thursday or every second Thursday, we would have our Bible study together. And it was beautiful. And there's like a tribe of six or seven other people who know me, who are walking with me. We're studying the scriptures together. Uh, some of the fondest memories I have of my Christian experience is being in small groups, part of a larger church community. And yeah. so I want to encourage you, find a church that you can belong to, that you can connect to, that you can get yourselves in life groups, discipleship groups, friendship groups, or whatever it is, because that is absolutely pivotal. Yeah. You ready for my last concentric circle? What is your last concentric circle? It's obedience. Ooh. It's a lifestyle of obedience. Um, I think it was Eugene Peterson that wrote the book about uh, um, long obedience in the same direction. I wish I'd written that book just for the title alone, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I've found that if we walk out our faith, if we work out against the backdrop of constant obedience to God, it reinforces our connection. Your faith does not work in theory. I mean, theoretically, it's correct, but it's meant to be lived out. Yeah. If you believe one thing but live another... You actually believe the other. You believe the other. Yeah. Scripture says that if you only read the Word and don't do what it says, you deceive yourself. So one of the key aspects of deception and erosion of connection with God is not obeying what He has asked you to do. But because we're talking positively, one of the ways that you can strengthen your connection to the Lord is to be obedient in all areas of your life. Yeah. Thoughts, comments, criticisms, observations. Well, my biggest thought with that is, again, sometimes... We say things like, well, actually, God isn't speaking to me about anything oh, right I now. Oh, I love that. And my thought is, what we what we often say to people, then go back, figure out what the last thing was he asked you to do, and do it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that he's going to keep asking us to do things while we keep not listening and not... Eventually, he's going to wait for us to just do, do what I asked you to do the last time I asked you to do something. Right. The um, notion that we don't have current revelation when we have a book of it sitting next to our bedside is laughable. Right. Yeah, well. but you have a, exactly. Yeah. You and, have a guidebook for everything. And sometimes the problem is what he's asking us to do is not the sexy thing we want to do. No, it's usually the hard thing. It's usually stuff like forgiveness and restoration. And let your and, gentleness be evident uh, to all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The stuff that we're like, that doesn't feel so much fun. Yeah. Well, that's my concentric circles of staying 
connected. I like it. Would you like to hear my concentric circles? I don't even know if they're concentric circles. Would you like to know my ingredients that weaken your connection? Uh, sure. I mean, if it sounds sad, but let's, yeah, let's go there. Well, it's it's sad in that here's the things that gets passed off as uh, freedom of choice. Ah. As opposed to ingredients that will absolutely shipwreck your faith and destroy your life. Okay, good. So, like, yeah. if you're doing any of the things I'm going to read out next, please, for the love of all that is holy, stop doing them. Yeah. No matter what intellectual reasons you can come up with that make it sound good, these are terrible life choices. And I say this as a pastor who's invested in the lives of people. Yes. I'm, I'm serious. I'm as serious as a heart attack here. All right, hit me with your list. Well, the first one is exactly the one that you said. That allowing obstacles to talk you out of promises is one of the most dangerous things that, that can happen in life. Yeah. So things come along. You get sick. Your job promotion doesn't come true. Your prophetic words don't come true. Obstacles that are designed to strengthen your faith actually you, it allows you to dismantle your faith. And uh, it, it's a horrible thing to do. And, and we need to know. And I, I, again, I don't want to be critical of charismatic church because I love charismatics and I am a charismatic and I go to charismatic church and I help lead a charismatic church. But I don't hear a lot of messages about navigating sucky things in life, whereas I heard a lot of that growing up. <laughs> but James right. chapter 1, verse 2, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kind. No, let's not consider it. Let's, let's just quote verses at it so those trials go away and I'm more than an overcomer in Christ. Listen, if all of your faith amounts to bookmarks that you can quote, but you actually have no experience, you're, you're a baby Christian and you're susceptible being tossed around by you know every new teaching, which also happens. So obstacles, things that get in the way of your promises are designed by God to make you mature, complete, and lack nothing. But too often, they seem to be reasons for people to tap out. Yeah. I don't want to sound yeah. too harsh. I think that's true. And again, I mean, that that brings me back. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But that brings me back to, to things like Ben Farley and things like that, where it's like I, my number one lasting, uh, I mean, there's lots I remember about Ben, obviously. He was just an absolute joy. But I just remember, you know, here he is, sick so sick and him saying I will not like I will not allow myself to be convinced of anything other than the goodness and kindness of God and I think too often when things aren't going well and uh we we are allowing we allow our hearts to go there and again we start to write the story um that then it, I think that that what that does is we think it gives us a freedom to examine or, or deconstruct, but actually right. all, it's it's just introducing death and destruction essentially to something that could have actually supported us through the season. Right, and the tragedy is those obstacles are sp- supposed to strengthen our faith, not giving us per- permission to dismiss our faith. Yeah, and I see it time and time again: people talking themselves out of something because the obstacles were too big and. Their obstacles were too big, and usually around that time, they've distanced themselves from community and connection, so they don't have the support that they need Yeah, to for people to come along and go, I've been through this. Yeah. I know how hard that is. Hey, yeah. ha- let me help you with yeah. that. I was also thinking about, if you think about the Hall of Faith out of Hebrews, right. you know, by faith, and then there's this list of people that actually didn't see the promise that they were believing the Lord right. for, but it was accounted to them as righteousness. And they endured the suckiest and situations, like being sawn in It's just horrible, half. horrible, right? So 
granted, none of us want that to be our testimony. Nope, nope, you know? that's not and, going and that's, in my Twitter that's bio. Reality. Yep. That's reality. That's not what we want. But the Lord sees everything, you mm-hmm. know, um, and I, I, he's present with us mm-hmm. in everything. If if we will allow him to be, I think he's never the one that steps back. It's always us. Mm-hmm. So, All right, number two, on my hit list of things that are going to weaken your connection to God and prevent long-term fruitfulness. Sugar. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Sugar certainly won't help, for sure. My, my second one is Sorry. false teachers and false teaching. Yeah. I've said this many times, that the biggest threat to the early church was not persecution, but false teaching. Yeah. And the trouble is that some of the worst false teaching is the one that sounds most true. Yeah. It's usually taking God or what the Lord has said and twisting it, which, by the way, is the first thing that you see Satan do in Genesis 3, isn't it? Yeah. Did God really say? Yeah. So whenever you have a teaching that's calling into account yeah. what God has already said, yeah. you're on a slippery slope. But actually, in or the legitimacy of the Bible or deconstructive yeah. world, it sounds like intellectual pursuit, and it's actually a slippery pathway to hell. Yeah. And so we all think that we'd be great at spotting uh, false doctrine and false teaching. Yeah. But actually, you know, Paul had so much to say about it. And it usually, this is what's scary, it usually comes from the people who are among you. Yeah. So it is sugar. I missed a, I missed a leap. Well, sugar, it's sweet going down, you know, usually offered to you by somebody that you trust, but it feeds cancer. I, I feel like that. <laughs> I'm not writing I'm a story here, but I feel like this might be a commentary <laughs> on. No, but I'm like I'm thinking just I'm just thinking about the stuff that we actually anyway we know about sugar. But I'm thinking it is kind of like that. Like it seems like a great, it seems like a great idea as you're ingesting whatever this thing is, you know, whatever this new thought is. Well, my new thought is I'm going to throw in a bonus one oh. that ties one and two together. Oh, good. Is that beware about never being content with mystery. Oh yeah. So you have a disappointment. So you have an good. obstacle. Yeah. And if you're not content to leave it in the hands of God, like, I don't understand, but yeah. I'll trust you anyway. Yeah. If you need to know, that's usually a doorway to deception. People yeah. who are not content with mystery, like, that's where most doctrines, uh, faulty doctrine starts. Yeah. People who are not content with mystery. Yep. Oh, all right, my last one. Yes. This is blindingly obvious, but not. Okay. It's allowing sin to be in your life. Yeah. I'm amazed at like, how quickly that we can justify sin we won't do and sin that we tolerate. Okay, expound on that. Well, obviously, I am not tonight in any danger of refinancing our house, spending all that money on cocaine and hookers, and going to Las Vegas on a big blowout. Yeah. Right? That's just not something I'm going to do. Right? And that's a big, obvious sin I'm not going to commit. Yeah. But I'm fine at times to just be critical and judgmental and call it discernment. Or to yeah. eat too much sugar, given we seem to be on that. <laughs> or be gluttonous and think, well, right. at least I'm not like those people. But the sin of gluttony is as bad as, you know, insert right. whatever sin, 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 sin that we're yeah, all yeah, angry yeah. about. Yeah. So when we uh, don't realize that sin is crouching at the door. Remember what God said? Sin is crouching at the door. Desires to master you. So any sin that we tolerate or justify as we're in control of, we're on the wrong side of righteousness. Yeah. So like envy, boastfulness, pride, jealousy, like the things that are commonplace and celebrated in our culture, 
that we think are okay because we're fighting bigger battles. Yeah. We're we're in deception. And so yeah. again, if there is sin that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about, but you're ignoring because you can point to all the right things you're doing, a little bit of leaven yeah. works its way through the whole batch. Yeah. And so again, in the personal experiences I've had with people who have fallen away, here's the other, this is the hardest thing. Both sin and destiny start in seed form. Yeah. So, and you, the leaders in your life are given a gift to see into your life from a vantage point that you don't currently hold. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Lord Jesus could come along and say to Nathaniel, here's a true Israelite in whom there's no guile. Yeah. Is that Nathaniel or Nathan? Nathaniel. Jesus could meet this person and the guy was arrested. Like, how do you, how do you know me? I saw you sitting under the fig tree, you know? Yes. Like, what? Jesus, now Jesus has an advantage in that he's God, but the principle remains the same. The reason prophets can call out destiny that nobody else can see is we see destiny in seed form. Leaders have that gift. That's why when leaders are building their team, they call people that other people are like, why would you pick them? There's something about them. And, and you know, with the shepherd, the shepherd can look at their flock and inspect mm-hmm. the flock. Mm-hmm. But in the same way that you can see greatness and call out in people, you can also see sin. And here's the problem. You have to trust your leaders who can see something that you are blind to. Yeah. So uh, remember Jesus and Peter. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, you know, get behind me, Satan. Peter thought he was being helpful, and the Lord correctly identified that thing. That thing is from the pits of hell. It's not a good idea. So in our experience where we've walked with people, where we've tried to bring confrontation to sin, and P.S., minor sin, not that there's any such thing. Like, hey, here's an area where you excel at. Here's an area. I have to tell you, this causes me concern. Yeah. And people don't want to pay attention to it. I've seen that thing blossom and eat people up. Yeah. And it's so hard. It's so hard to trust your leaders pointing at something you can't yet see. Yeah. But that's one of the gifts that God gives leaders, and it's a gift for you. Yeah. It actually reminds me of something that's... Bear with me. Is it a sugar analogy? It's not a sugar analogy. It's not. Remember when we were living with John and Carol, and they had like gardens everywhere, and they were totally into their gardens. And I remember this... uh, You know, they had been away for a few weeks, and... We came out, I came out one morning and John was pulling out of the garden something that looked almost the size of a tree, like reefing it out of the garden. And I remember thinking, oh, I've watched that grow for the last couple of weeks and it was really pretty. Like it had flowers on it, whatever. And I thought Carol had planted it and he was reefing out. I said, you know, oh, did you not like that? You know, and he's like, well, this is a weed. I mean, it's going to choke out everything else. It was the prettiest weed I'd ever seen. I mean, I was just like, and it was huge all of a sudden, like it grew really fast. But my thought was like, oh, like, first of all, it left a huge hole. Uh, If I'd known what it was when I first saw it, I would have pulled it out, you know, because they were away. But I didn't know. I just looked at it and thought it was, you know, it was pretty. But he knew exactly what it was because it was something, it was an area he was responsible for and he knew he didn't put it there. And so... Yeah, it just sort of made me think about that. Like, if if you have leaders around you that you that you trust, then then let them help you with the weeding process. Mm-hmm. You know, because actually, it's going to leave a much smaller hole if it gets dealt with when it first comes through. Well, you're right. If the yeah. leader is seeing in seed form, yeah. your only other option is to say, "Well, I don't actually believe you," and allow it to get to the point where you can see the fruit of. 
the sin in your life before you deal with it. But or by the then it's a the much bigger death. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, ah. Uh, yeah. Can I read you a Bible verse? You may. I thought this verse, <laughs> which I love the book of Jude, but I thought this verse summed it up brilliantly. Okay, it's called A Call to Persevere. Okay. It says this, but dear friends, this is verse 17 of Jude. Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and by praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. And I just thought that covers everything we've talked about and ends with the whole thing we started with. Listen, it is only Jesus Christ who can keep us. Long-term fruitfulness actually looks boring. Yeah. But it's a life of satisfaction. Don't don't concern yourselves when it feels like other people are getting ahead or they're getting promoted in a fashion. Just being faithful is so overrated. Yeah. Underrated. Being faithful is not sexy. So underrated. Underrated, but actually it produces long, 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 long long-term fruit. Yeah. Steady on. All right. We've got a listener's question for you. All right. And I don't know if we can answer this because I don't think we've ever actually experienced the thing that they're asking about, but let's just answer it uh, theoretically. How do you resolve a conflict with each other after a fight? So let's just imagine that we've ever had a fight as a married couple. Uh, How do we resolve uh, a conflict? How do we resolve a conflict? Yeah, go on, take it away, Dr. Phil. Uh, well, usually you are faster to get to where you can do that than I am. Stop, stop. Say that again, slower but louder and use my name. <gasps> go on, darling. Sweet Alan, yes, you darling? usually are looking to resolve it faster than I am. <laughs> Anything else? I usually need some space and I need to get away, chat with the Lord, figure out what I'm feeling. That usually takes me a while. I contemplate it before I can come back and actually even look at whatever it was we were upset about. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it doesn't happen that often. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and then usually you help us do it because you're so much better at Helping I, identify I, th- that needs is and things. Very generous, but I would say that very generous description is only true of the last two years. That's true. I would say that, you know, prior to that, I was very good at helping you understand what you did wrong, and I would win the argument in a very eloquent way. That is true. I, also. I was more interested in being Winning. right. Yeah. Historically. Yes. But the last two years. Totally different. And I still think it's way too generous, the description that you're giving. But you know what? I'm going to take it because you abused me about <laughs> sugar earlier. So, Chris, if you could edit all the stuff with the sugar <laughs> out and then maybe put like big echo delay on her words, that would be beautiful. Usually, Usually you, you are, are 
faster to get to where you can do that than I am. Sweet Alan, you usually are looking to resolve it faster than I am. So you have to go away. Like, what happens when you go away? Like, when you have to go away and and contemplate and think and calm down, like, what what's going on inside you? Well, so I'm usually not good at identifying what has just happened. Like, if you were to ask me in the moment, are you sad? Are you angry? Are you? I'd be like, yes, I'm all of it. And they're all, like, playing together in one big ball. And you should back away slowly so that I can actually. But, I mean, it's it's all pretty internal. Yes, I'm aware of that. Uh, but I I often have no idea why I'm now feeling the way that I'm feeling. And so I actually have to get away. I need Holy Spirit's help. And sometimes I actually just need to get away and vent a little bit. And then I can ask the Lord to, to help me with, I don't know what I'm upset about. I don't know, you know. This is not a trick question. It's just a genuine curiosity. How often would you say when you're in that feeling where you're aware there's a burning hot lava core inside you, mm-hmm. but you don't know what's causing it, is that, in hindsight, is the issue that you're upset about not really the issue? Oh, probably 100% of the time. So 100% of the time when your emotions are really big and you, you're fizzing. And I would say you want it's to poop probably in my shoes. anytime that we've gotten there, and yeah. I am thankful it's not often, yep. it, there's usually been a number of little offenses along the way that I haven't identified or I've identified and went, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And never actually come to you and say, hey, babe, I felt really hurt mm-hmm. when you, both, you know, and so haven't done any of that process, stored up the whatever. And all of a sudden this little thing is like, that's and I'm done, you know. And then at that point, it's you're like the worst person ever and whatever. And I know all the things that I'm thinking are not actually true, mm-hmm. but I'm so fizzing. It, you I'm feel fizzing. fizzing. Yeah. And so I actually know, oh, I need to get I need to be away. I need to because I don't want to say things I don't mean. Or so, do things you don't like you literally threatened to poop in my shoes once. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> is still my favorite. <laughs> I don't know why. In my defense that was like eleven years ago. And you were awful. But anyway, um I did. I, I, did still, to... I was awful. Because I was literally but thinking, could that... I do this? I'm so angry. How would that get me back? Because you would end up having to pay for new shoes. I think I was thinking in my head we had no money at that stage, so you wouldn't get new shoes. <laughs> I'd have to explain what happened to my shoes. <laughs> I don't know why, but I still think that's the funniest and such out of character. Uh, I was so mad. I was so pregnant. I remember that. I remember that day. I remember like oh, I was so too. mad. Yep. Well, I was trying to teach you a lesson, but I wasn't going to come home. And then the Holy Spirit was like, where are you going to sleep? I'll get a hotel. And the Lord was like, you can't even afford a Starbucks right now. How are you going to afford a hotel? Or new shoes. Oh. Yeah, so you called Jeff. Yeah, and he was like, okay, whoever apologizes first wins. I'm not apologizing! (laughs) Yeah, that that whole, uh, you know, whenever the reaction is larger than the event warrants, the issue is not the issue. Yeah, but the question was about how do we resolve it, right? How do we resolve it? So we, uh, we take time if we need time, and usually I'll have to tell you, babe, I need time. I just need you know, sometimes we can go there right away. Sometimes I just can't. Um, I need space. I need, you know, whatever. So we will usually agree. Okay, we're going to talk 
in an hour. We're going to talk, you we know, whatever. We agree sounds so, like, polite and calm. Yes, no, no, that sounds great. Yeah, I'll have my people schedule. You know, usually it's fine. fine. Right. Again, usually I'm sitting here right now and I can't think of the last time that we had I can't employees. either. You can't? Uh-uh. I remember a couple of days ago, but that wasn't even an argument. I snapped at you or you snapped at me. I think it was I snapped at you. You said something. And I snapped at you, and I was like, babe, I'm really sorry for snapping at you. This is what happened. But that was in the space of 30 seconds. Yeah, I don't even remember it. I can't remember the last time we had a big But anyway, when, whenever whenever that does happen, whenever we come back and talk, we're usually still— well, well, let me just clarify. I'm not trying to make us saints. Like, there are plenty of them, that, and we've talked about a lot of them on the podcast. When that has happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to suggest yeah. that because I can't remember anything. It's so rare. I, we are absolutely human and we do have absolutely fights yeah but we come together mm-hmm. and we usually both sort of use the format when when you said whatever i heard mm-hmm. and we talk about how did that make us feel and then you usually lead us in a whole like what do, what do you need what do i need yeah usually i do, i mean uh, but the only times I can think that that's worked well is when you're upset and I'm not upset. So I've got enough presence to go, babe, I know that you're upset and that's I'm probably curious true. what's happened. And you exercise huge levels of trust in those moments. Because historically, I would be leading you through those questions to prove that you're just an over-emotional, super dramatic, and I'm just the innocent party in this. <laughs> and look, I can prove it. Yes. Right. So the amount of trust that you have to demonstrate that I'm not doing that is really humbling for me. And I am trying with the the flummoxing tools I have because I am genuinely curious. Like, why is my wife in pain? I'm missing that. I don't think I've ever done that when we're both upset. That usually only works when you're upset and I'm not. Yeah. And probably the other way around. Probably usually most of the time it's one or the other of us that's more upset than the other. Yeah. Well, usually when I'm upset, I come to you with, I've done that process on my own. Yeah. And I've come to you and I've said, babe, here's what's going on. And I I remember having lots of fear that that sounds like, hey, here's an excuse for all my behavior. Can you come? I, we, I don't think we ever talked about this. That usually when I've gone away and I've realized why I triggered, why I got so upset, I come back and say, here's what was going on here's mm-hmm. what i thought you said here's what i believed blah, here's blah, blah. the this story, story I, wrote. I wrote yeah this is where i went you know would you forgive me and i remember initially that i was worried that that might sound like i'm trying to make excuses for my behavior as in if you could understand why i was upset then i don't have to be accountable right did it ever feel like that no okay no because usually you're still apologizing for whatever mm-hmm the thing was or you're saying hey i actually need to hear from you is my story true is uh, that what you thing. were thinking because often i think historically for both of us when we have gotten really upset with each other it's been that we have assumed that we know the motivation of the other person's heart or mm-hmm. why they said x and like 99.9 percent of the time we're just not right you know but we just think well i've known you for 15 years and i know that the- when you said this you meant it's so crazy the confidence that you and I have in thinking that we're right. Yeah. But equally, how And we're both type A personalities, so we're pretty... But also how fascinating that even though we're confident we're right, we're willing to be persuaded we're not without much persuasion. That's true. So if I come and say, hey, I thought this, is that true? And you're like, no, babe. I believe you. I don't go, oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. 
So yay inner healing for that one. Yay inner healing. But usually it's go away, think, process. Come back. Come back with our part that we need to repair. And usually we don't come with a... Sometimes, I was going to say, sometimes we don't have a laundry list of what we need from the other person. But sometimes we do. Sometimes we have. It's like, hey, I I need to own this. Yeah. And if the other person's like, okay, good. Yeah. But I actually need you to own this. I also need you to yeah. own this. Which yeah. I think is healthy in yeah. terms of bringing, here's what I need. Yeah. Here's what I need to do and here's what I need from you. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, the I best, think, that's the best I don't best even know if that answered that the question. There you go. <laughs> how we solve conflict. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. We're done. All right. Tell me about where people can ask questions and where people can get show notes. If you would like to ask us a question, you can go to alanandaj.com slash ask. And if you'd like the show notes for today's show, you can go to alanandaj.com slash 242. And if you'd like to become a member of the show, you can go to alanandaj.com slash join, where you can get discounts on all of our products. But more importantly, you can see our beautiful faces instead of just hearing our sweet, dulcet tones. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me, Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God, and everything under the sun, if you are a human being, there's something here for everyone, 